What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another pregame edition of the Everyday Sense podcast. I am Jack Richardson, joined by Brennan Parks here on this Wednesday, November 8th, previewing the Ottawa Senators facing the Toronto Maple Leafs. We got a Battle of Ontario, first one of the year. Brennan, how you doing today? Lots to get into, probably not great that we're going to talk about, but how's this Wednesday going for you? Having a good day? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, I think there's there is a lot to talk about for sure. It's been a few days here since our last one. Our last episode was the pregame show, wasn't it? For for the last game uh, against Tampa, which ended up being a loss, and, and now Ottawa is six and four. Or sorry, that would be great. And they're four and six. Uh, Toronto is six and four, who they're facing tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's been a lot of drama, a lot of drama in Ottawa over the last uh, the last few days, really all season. I mean, they they've battled adversary like everybody said right they've had a lot of injuries tonight they should be getting Artem Zub back um but yeah the last few days have really carried a lot of drama and intensity because it's it's almost there's been a bit of a feud here which is awful to see between the team and the fans and and like uh we're, we're gonna get into it but um yeah tonight I mean <laughs> I, I keep saying it it's a must-win game like it's what else can you even say at this point like they're they're four and six they're last in the east Pittsburgh even beat Anaheim last night uh, with a shutout, which put them above Ottawa. So Ottawa is alone in being last in the East um, and, and near the bottom of the league. And, and we're basement dwellers, like again, right? So there's nothing else to say other than like they have to win these games because four and seven, I mean, you're three games behind 500. 500 is nowhere near even good enough for a playoff spot. Like they're putting themselves in a spot now where they have to win, you know, several games in a row and, and build like multiple streaks to end the year to even consider the playoffs uh so yeah it's disappointing to see but regardless we've got the battle of ontario tonight we've got some some things to break down but i know we're gonna get a little spicy on this pod because uh yeah there's been a lot of drama over the last few days yeah so we went live before the lightning game and and that we, that's when we got to kind of air out like our dorian stuff we get to talk about the coach and how it because of dorian that's why the coach is here all of that and you know today like personally and i know that you're you're the same way but we've we've both been just kind of harping throughout this losing streak like on the coaching and how bad it like not maybe not how bad the coaching is but just the results have been so poor that it's insane that they're not making a change but since it doesn't appear that that's going to happen based on the comments we got this weekend and then again uh on monday from the players and not just any players probably the two most respected players in that dressing room um and and arguably in the community when they speak it, it speaks volumes where the team is at so we'll get a little bit of a refresher here obviously we haven't had an episode since the comments from Brady Kachuk on Saturday night and Giroux on Monday defending that uh, Kachuk going back against it as well. So paraphrasing here, but basically Brady said, very frustrated Brady said uh, to getting booed off the ice um, and in regards to to DJ Smith getting booed by the crowd and getting you know fired. DJ Chance said it was bullshit from the fans and that's, that's the word he used, obviously. Uh, he was very frustrated again, um, but that caused a, a bit of a, you know, a, a, a shit show. Like we'll, we'll call a spade a spade here. It did online and rightfully so. So I know you and I both see eye to eye on this and I, I would ima- I would say it's not even split the fan base. I want to say that it's maybe a, a, a 75, 25, like 25 being like, yeah, the players should do this, whatever. And then it feels like more unanimously than not, a lot of fans are being like, you got to go win hockey games then. And just for for some um, you know clarification, let's say right, it, it wasn't. It's hard, and I know that everyone here watching is very likely a very diehard Sens fan. We all understand the pain that we've been through. Personally, I'm going to throw it to you here, but personally for me, it was just disappointing. It was disappointing hearing that. You don't want, like, the last thing any of us want is the captain, everyone's favorite player, to be frustrated with the fan base 
and maybe coming from a place of, of, you know, um, I don't want to say entitlement, but saying they don't understand that we're all so frustrated because everyone's frustrated, you know? So that's the, that was my first feeling on it. It was just, it feels like it was in the moment, but he didn't backtrack on it on Monday said he's moving on. So that's, we'll get into that a little bit and what the expectations are going forward. How for me personally, they're changing now. I'm going to hold every single one of those guys to a higher standard now, because I find for the last four or five years since Brady's been here, he has never played on a hockey team with expectations before now. And if 10 games in, they're getting booed for being two games under 500, piss poor efforts on home ice, battling back to claw in. And if that's the reaction he's got after 10 games, I don't know. I don't want to know what it's going to be if they fail in the playoffs three straight years, because that's ridiculous to me. So I'll let you just talk about it because I think you feel the same way. But personally, to me, it just it was really disappointing hearing that from Brady. Yeah, so we had Brady and Drew, obviously, too. I'll, I'll just read both quotes because I've got them both pulled up. Uh, I just want to say first, like, for one, nobody's expecting these guys to bash their coach like that. That should be kind of out on the table because I think a lot of fans like obviously they're going to be diplomatic, like they're going to, you know, say they like playing for DJ and everything. The problem with their quotes was that they took the next step after that, which was to almost call the fan base out. Like it's very easy. Mark Mathot put up a great example of what to say uh, on his Twitter, and it's very easy to. Um, you give that diplomatic answer where you're like, yeah, we respect DJ. We like playing for him. We want to win for him. Um, and we just haven't been good enough. But like they they took the extra oomph and they, they really took it to the next level. So I'll start with Brady. So he said, and I quote, the constant negativity and booing from the outside is frustrating. The bullshit from the crowd tonight. I understand that they're a passionate fan base, but when you face adversity, you don't turn your back. It's not like we're giving up. And then Claude Giroux, uh, which was yesterday in practice or the day before, uh, it's getting pretty old. The fans and the media talking about DJ, it's pretty frustrating, actually. He's our coach. He's not going anywhere. We want to play for him. It's just a distraction we don't need right now. So, I don't know. I mean, those two quotes, like, you listen to it, uh, and my, my initial thought is that it is disappointing. Um, like I said, I respect the players for for speaking up because I don't love when players just give the, the same old answers, but at the same time, this is a very fine line to walk because it had a terrible reaction from the fan base, and, and rightfully so. I mean, those two things, you can take them however you want, but there's really no denying that they're kind of calling the fan base out there. Like, they were pretty straight about it. Brady was heated after the game, but he didn't backtrack. Like you said, he's standing by that. That's fine. Um, it's just, in pro sports, you don't really call a fan base out because ultimately they're the ones who who pay to go to the game. And, and Claude is, is especially interesting for me. I've got a lot of thoughts on this. So Claude... You know, he, he says it's getting pretty old. That's how he starts it. But like Claude, like we, we love Claude Giroux. He's an excellent leader, an excellent player. But like he's been, new here, for 12, he's he's, been here for 12 months. He doesn't know what getting old means. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to disrespect them at all. But like we've been here for, for how many years now? I mean, you can look at the this rebuild, which is, you know, we're going on year seven now. And, and they still have put together one technically winning season last year, which was 39 and 35. And with the OT losses, they weren't even positive. Uh, no playoffs. But then you go back even further, like really since the beginning of this franchise, it's been kind of like from, from the top down, it's been a pretty big mess. Like what's getting old is watching the franchise be terrible. Like that, that's what's getting old for fans. And then like, the thing about about the fans booing, and I want to talk about two parts. So for one, uh, we've got the quotes about the fans, and then we've got the quotes about their own performances. Now, the, the performance one I'm really going to get into, but I want to talk about the fan one first, because the fans are still paying to go to the games. Like, the Sens are 1-5 in, in their last six games. They've absolutely faced adversity. They, they've been missing three. Like, they've been Shabbat, Zub, and Branstrom have been out. Uh, and I know that people have kind of relied on that, and the, Sen the players said they've had injuries, right? 
that's fine. But like you're one in five, the building is still selling tickets. There was a lot of fans and, and they're passionate. What I just don't understand if you don't want them to boo, you just want them to be quiet. Like no one's going to cheer for you when you're playing terribly. So should the fans just be quiet? Because I'm sorry, but nothing makes me more angry as a fan than, than listening to a quiet arena as the team is either performing well or underperforming. Right. So um, I just think that the problem I have is not so much that they called the fans out. I can respect that in a way. I think you have to be careful with that, and they probably shouldn't, but I can respect it. My problem is more that they didn't take any accountability. Um, if they would have added both of them to their quotes, if they would have just added something along the lines of, we acknowledge or I acknowledge that, you know, it's been a painful few years for the fans and we haven't performed expectations this year. And yes, we faced adversity, but it's still on us at the end of the day to make the most out of it. Like there's a lot of teams with injuries. You can't just keep saying this stuff like, we, we acknowledge that. That's all I want to hear. It's like we acknowledge the fans' position. And they didn't say that at all. They kind of said the opposite. And that's my next part is when they talked about their own performance. Kachuk, Stutzla, Joseph, and Smith, after the game against Tampa, used the exact same thing. They said in their post-game interviews, they said that they didn't get the bounces. They felt like they played well and they played hard and they have been this whole year, but that they didn't get the bounces. And that's insane to me. That's like next level crazy because the numbers like tell you otherwise. The eye test tells you otherwise. They said like Brady came out and he said Tampa got the bounces that night. But here's the thing, like the bounces happen because you're conceding so many goddamn chances that of course they're going to get bounces. When you get 15 high danger chances compared to like seven, four, of course the other team's going to get more bounces because they're getting more chances. That's just like the rule of math like ottawa for what it's worth i just want to share these numbers they have been on the same defensive level as the san jose sharks who are 110 and 1 in the chicago blackhawks this year expected goals against per 60 ottawa is second last in the league behind san jose and they're basically tied at 3.24 like san jose we're talking about san jose like they are like like <laughs> historically awful and then high danger chances against per 60 Ottawa's third last behind San Jose and Chicago and they're very close to being tied with them too and and I know people kind of look at these numbers sometimes and don't really care about them but like if you're watching the games and, and you're actually paying attention to what's happening you'll see it matches the eye test like they're, they're conceding a lot of chances and my other point is that I don't really agree with the players that they they're still trying as hard as they can because this is if this is as hard as you can try, like you, something's got to change because it's not very impressive. I mean, you're looking at guys like I don't want to call anybody out, but I'll use Batherson, and he was the same last year. There are so many times, like keep an eye on them. And if you watch the game over twice, which I often do, you'll notice it a lot more on the second time around. If you're not just looking at the puck, but you look at like where Batherson is, for example, it's a lot of players. He'll be on the wall, right? In the defensive zone. And he'll be kind of sitting up high. The puck will come around to the boards. He won't take the extra couple of hard strides down to get and engage in a battle and try to win the battle and get puck possession. He'll kind of just lazily glide and take like a one-handed stick check, right? And then it turns over and they pass to the slot and they get a high danger chance. Those are the things where I look at that and I'm like, that's not just bad defensive awareness like that's you not committing to the defensive zone and not playing and, and really engaging right and that's what i've seen from ottawa lately like it, it, to me it is an effort problem it's an attitude problem and it, it all comes back to accountability i think the fact that they all joseph stutzla kachuk smith they all said it was about the bounces after that last game like okay what about the five games before that like what about the detroit and buffalo games like you said the same thing in every single game and you're, you're acting like it's one game but it's not you're four and six now you've had six losses like these aren't individual games it's, it's a trend right it's many trends um and the fact that they said it's about the bounces just tells me that's the message in the room is that they're playing well but they're not getting the bounces and like think about yourself if you're in that room and you feel like 
like the message being told to you from your coaches is that you're playing well. And we don't necessarily know this is the message, but this is what uh, assuming based on what they all said, this is what they're kind of telling them is that they're all playing well enough and they're still trying. Like DJ probably comes into the room after the game. Oh, you know, I love that effort. I love the battle back in the third period. You guys just didn't quite get there. We'll get them next game. Like, that sure positivity is a great thing but like if you're the players and you're feeling like you're doing well enough you're just not getting the luck it's like nothing's really going to change at some point you need somebody to go into that room and tell them listen you guys were cheating all game you guys were not committed in the d zone you were losing battles you hung your goalie out to dry by the way the goalies have not been that bad they've been good enough for the team to win they've been hung out to dry repeatedly right you need someone to come in and really give them the wake up call and tell them that the effort has not been good enough despite what they might think and then you're going to hear them come out after the game and say, listen, we haven't been good enough. We acknowledge that. And if you need an example of this, look at Nikita Zadorov in Calgary. When the Flames started the year badly and they got booed off the ice, you know what he said? He said, we're playing like shit. We deserve to get booed. He literally used those words. And I love that interview. So I'm going to let you, you take this because I just, I don't know. I haven't felt this frustrated since probably the beginning of the rebuild. It's just the lack of accountability is next level. Like it's not just a bad performance, but it's not even acknowledging that you're playing badly. Like yeah. listen, the Sens have been terrible. They have been terrible since the first three games. I don't care what anybody says. Look at the numbers, watch the games. Like they've been really bad. I test analytics all point to it. And the problem for me is that one win in Pittsburgh in the last six games, that's, uh, you know, Corpus Allo plays out of his mind. 21 for one period. saves in the first period. Exactly. And then they, and then they did play well at the end of, the, of that game, but like that, that game had another shellacking, which I'm throwing that to you. Cause you used that word today. Shellacking, which was, which was good, but um, you know, they've, they've not started on time in six straight games now and they've lost five of them. That's the way I see it. And we can, we can debate effort all the time. I'm sure they're trying hard, but the book on this team under DJ, when they were actually a bad hockey team for the most, for, for most of the NHL was that they're a hard out. They're going to be hard to play. It's not going to be an easy game for you. And you're going to struggle to get, get the two points or whatever. That was the book. And it was a fun narrative to follow for a rebuilding team because you know, we assumed going forward when they became a hard team to play against when they were really good, they would keep that same mentality. At least that's what I thought. Last year, I could have bought that. And I think the, I would argue that the narrative in that dressing room right now is probably the same as it was last year in last November, because at that time they actually were playing well. And I would have bought that the bounces weren't going their way because I remember it being insanely frustrating how many games they were losing by one goal. Like they were right there. They were outplaying teams. They just could not buy a goal. Now it's the opposite, but they're still losing hockey games because they're scoring goals their shooting percent percentage is eighth in the NHL. Their shots on goal are eighth in the, in the NHL. So they're they're putting the puck in the net at the rate that they're shooting it. Essentially, that's the way I see that. They're not unlucky offensively, and they're definitely not unlucky defensively. If you consider giving up grade A chances every shift, every single line that's been out there has conceded grade A chances at like just copious amounts of uh, grade A chances. That's not unlucky. Like you mentioned, good teams make their own luck and the Sens are not preventing that from happening right now. The problem I have with Kachuk and Giroux's comments is, and I mentioned complacency maybe and like a little bit of entitlement maybe. I don't get that sense really, but it does bother me from two different angles because a lot of the time we heard Kachuk and Stutzla, especially last summer, defend DJ saying we, he's our coach. We like playing for him. All the young guys and the narrative that we've kind of thought as fans on the outside thinking, you know what, maybe maybe it's because they haven't really had another coach. And I know people mentioned like Stockholm syndrome. I think that's taking it a little bit too far, but yeah, it's the only thing they've known. You know, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla, they've never, they've never had another coach in the NHL. So 
maybe there's an element of that. And in the back of our minds, we're thinking, what, what does Tarasenko think? What does Cole Giroux think? What did Debrinket think last year? What about Chikrin now? He had that comment after the LA game about structure. So when Claude Giroux comes out and says that, and I know he was asked about it, that's the difference between him and Brady. Brady was not prompted. It was completely unprompted, which is a huge deal to me. Um, he was frustrated, and, and I get that. But we'll, we'll get into that in the, the Judgment Day section of this, uh, this pregame show. But for Giroux to say that, having played in Philadelphia as a captain in Philadelphia, one of the toughest markets in the NHL, there, is no, there isn't a, a shot. There's no shot. Claude Giroux can look us in the eye and tell us four straight starts like this would be acceptable in Philly. Changes would have happened two seasons ago. It's ridiculous to assume that, you know, that it's getting old. I, I, I absolutely hate that the way he put that. And again, I don't like nitpicking little things that the players say. Um, but the problem is we have never done it. Brennan, they have had a coast being in Ottawa. Ottawa is looked at as a small market. It's barely treated as a Canadian market. And maybe that's half the reason people love playing here, or they have recently anyway. This whole new wave of players love being here. They sign long-term because there's no you know, outside noise, whatever the hell it is. But it's ridiculous to assume that we don't know what we're talking about. And, and I think that's where they're coming from. If the booing on the ice is more than warranted i personally i wouldn't do it it's just because like it's who i am i don't like to boo the team i cheer for that's fine i'll throw the remote at the couch and be pissed and go to bed angry or whatever but i'm not going to sit there and boo the sends right because that that's just me but again i love that that fans are doing that i i'm not going to name who said this to me because i don't want <clears throat> to excuse me i don't want to um uh, out them not that it's a bad thing to say but they said booing is always 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 better than apathy and the reason it pisses me off that brady kachuk said that and i was gonna sleep on it maybe thought about doing something on sunday it's been time now it still pisses me off that he said that because brady kachuk has seen apathy in this market he's seen a ten thousand person building he's seen no fans showing up in covid and you know when they were a bad team and then he's also seen it build back up have sellout crowds i posted that video on saturday night from the home opener when he was out in the crowd doing the interview with Claire Hanna on the bench being like, Oh, we love, and he did the exact same thing last year for him to come out two weeks later and say, it's bullshit that we're booing after we've seen another bad start where the Ottawa senators are at the bottom of the Eastern conference, looking up, chasing the rest of the NHL for the next 70 games. It's Bush league. And I can't stress that enough that the fan base deserves better. And the reason it's frustrating is because change is happening. Dorian's gone. New people are in. The players were the all the the constant every time that we could rely on. They were here long term. They're gonna buy in when we get the right people in there. They're gonna take the league by storm. This is the first time they've had expectations, and it's troubling seeing the core fold like this. I can't put it any any other way. I think it's absolutely troubling. Um, and that's why I mean, if you have more on on the comments, we can talk about that. But like, we're going into the I want to talk about the Judgment Day stuff because expectations for me are changing after after the comments. And uh, one more thing, I will say, it's good that they're on the same page. I should say that if Giroux came out and was a little spotty about DJ, then it'd probably be worse. So it is good, and maybe that's just because Brady did that. Giroux's following suit. I don't know, but um, it's it's troubling. That's that's all that's all I got on it. Well, again, like 
I think they do like playing for DJ and a lot of people have said it's because he doesn't really hold them accountable, but regardless of why they like DJ, I think everybody likes DJ that that's kind of the problem to be honest with you is that he's so damn likable and he's such a good guy. Like I've never heard anybody say anything bad about DJ, but like, I don't think that the young core realizes that this is a business. And I mean, I guess Claude's not part of the young core. So I don't know. It's Giroux's comments are really bizarre because like you said, he played in Philly, which is a really hard market. I'm sure he's been booed off the ice more than a few times. So it's like, I, I don't know what he's getting all worked up about. It just seems like, I think Michael put it put it perfectly here, which is that they need a freaking wake up call. Like that, that's what he says in the chat. Uh, that's why I said like they need somebody to go in. And, and again, I don't know if this is like a new coach or if it's like a management. Like somebody just go in there with a bit of fire. Like if they lose tonight and they're four and seven and it's a weak performance, somebody's got to go in that room. It could even be like Brady or something and literally call them out. Stop saying we did. We tried our best and we played well enough. Like this whole thing. The, the, what a Gibouche used to say, the rest is a weapon. Like, that became a big meme. To me, that's now DJ saying, we played hard. That's, like, the same damn thing where they just rely on this, like, what does that even mean? We played hard. Like, okay, it doesn't look like you played hard, but, like, you can say you played hard all you also, want. Also, the bar is on the floor. You're in the NHL. Exactly. Like, the, exactly. the effort should be the last thing. And I know that was the thing when they were a bad team, but you're a good hockey team now. So, we tried hard. Isn't <laughs> Like, I'm not buying a ticket to watch people do cardio for 60 minutes. Well, that's exactly my point is like at some point you have to raise the expectations and we were told this year that they were like Brady Brady admitted last year that they crumbled under pressure again it, like I think that what was that after the Chicago game or after the season or something he said when when the pressure kicked in and like the heat turned up they crumbled and that's why they lost those games because expectations kicked in it was no longer let's just go out there and have fun and win participation trophies like it was about now we've got to actually string some wins together to make the playoffs and they didn't do it when they had the opportunity. And like we still and you've said this actually, and, and you know what I'm buying more into it now is that this core hasn't shown they can deal with pressure like they really have not. And frankly, like I don't even know why this is such a big deal. The booing thing. Toronto was down four to one against Tampa Bay after the first period the other night. They got booed off the ice after the first period. And they, there's they were like, what what were they like six and four at the time? Something like that. Five and four. Right. A fine record. Whatever. They're in a playoff spot four one in the first period. They got booed off the ice. You know what they did? They came out and they won six to five. They came back from a 4-1 deficit against Tampa Bay. Like, it's how you respond to these things. I just don't get why this is even a big deal. Like, if you're not performing, and the Sens have not, and you know what else about Brady's comments is the whole you don't turn your back when the team is facing adversity, like saying the fans shouldn't turn their back. I'm like, that's just so false, man. Like, I'm sorry, this is a business. When people are paying... And I said it, this stuff is not cheap. People, like, I, I don't even go to the games because I live in Alberta now, but people that are paying to go to the games, paying, you know, $200 plus, probably a lot more than that a lot of the time, and then spending, like, five plus hours, six plus hours with the driving, the parking, uh, sitting between periods. Like, again, it, it's a privilege to go, but at the same time, like, do we really call that a privilege or do we call that, like, we're spending a shit ton of money to go to the games and support the team? And that's for one night, and you put up a flat performance at home over and over. It's like... I don't know how you can even say anything about the fans booing because like, frankly, if I was a player on that team, uh, I would be able to at least think that I'd be able to take responsibility and say, listen, we haven't been good. You know, even if we think we've been trying hard, we've lost repeatedly on home ice in front of our fans. Like, I just, it seems like a lot of excuses rather than just saying we haven't been good enough. It's not hard to just come out and say we haven't been good enough. We have not been good enough and we need to be better. We know that. That's all the fans want to hear. Like, I, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. It's it's weird that getting booed off the ice one time is even a big deal because frankly, next time they're at home, if they lose again, they're going to get booed again because it's, it's just natural in every professional sports league to get booed when you're not performing and they haven't performed even close. And it bothers me too, because I went, I mentioned this earlier, just like the, the, 
the easy coast ride it's been for these players throughout their tenure, pretty much, right? Like since since uh, Kachuk's been here, pretty much, right? They haven't had they haven't had uh, uh, expectations until now, and what bothers me is is and I, I want to preface this. I am not saying being a media member is easy. It's it's tough, but there's been scrutiny just in terms of how easy the media is in general on the Sens. And just in the past under Melnick, especially like the Sens PR has had a stranglehold on, on a lot of media members and like, it's tough for them to get questions in and everything. But when Giroux saying it's, it's getting old from the fans and media talking about DJ, what are you talking about? It's, it's the only thing to talk about. There's nothing else to talk about because you guys keep losing hockey games. So I, I just like, it, it, it's tough because this is our reaction now. They can go out and win six nothing tonight, win again tomorrow against Vancouver, and we'll be back to five hundred. Then they'll they'll be turning the corner. But until we see a win in November, I'm going to keep scrutinizing this team because why wouldn't we? They're supposed to be competing. They themselves said expectations are higher this year. They're supposed to be in the playoffs. They have a new owner who they should be playing hard for. That's the other thing. Like we mentioned this too. We were talking today, you and I, but you go through the score of every game that they've played so far here. I'm going to do it right now just for pain. I've got them pulled up too. Yeah. Though. Perfect. Yeah. So let, like every single game this season, I'm going to go through their entire schedule and just eyeball where, whether I think they deserve to win or not. Right. Carolina. I would like a win there would have been okay. Just back and forth mistakes, but they, the mistake cost them. That was a tough game. It was a good start though. Philly dominated, lightning dominated, Washington dominated, deserve to win all three of those. Sabres or sorry, Red Wings. That was a tough one with the refs and everything. We mentioned that, but again, Detroit was better on the power play. Didn't deserve to win that one. Buffalo. It was like what? Five, one going into the third. They make it. Yeah, that's what I've got. So it was five to one. And then like they battle back with three goals in the third, but it's like, what does that matter? (laughs) Stay tuned for that, that theme going up here. Uh, Islanders three, two, what were they down? Three, nothing. Something like, like again, I don't have that one. Yeah. They were down at least three, one, I think. Um, or no, actually, they made it. They made it two-two. That was a close one, but again, still lost. Could have seen that going either way. Corpusalo played well. Penguins probably actually didn't deserve to win. Outshot heavily, outplayed heavily at five-on-five, especially in the first. Got the win there. L.A. down three-nothing going into the third, or go at three-nothing at some point. Come back. Lightning down four-one going into the third period. Don't deserve to win that one. All of these games, they don't start on time. And even though they scored first against the Lightning, then boom, four unanswered. It just can't happen. And scrutinizing fans for booing is just ridiculous. It's the hill that Brady's going to stay on because he didn't, you could tell by the way he was doing his media address. I encouraged fans to watch the one from Saturday night because it was different than the wording. Like you could tell he was frustrated. Like, like, and I don't want to say he was about to cry, but he, he had the, the voice, like his voice sounded like he was frustrated on the verge of tears. And that's different than obviously crying, but you know what I mean? Like he was pissed and that's good. That's fine. I love when they show emotion, but then you go to the tone of his thing on Monday and it was more of a, like, I said what I said and we're going to go win hockey games. So listen, man, if they go on a run here, then I, I will gladly eat my, eat my words. Talk about how this is the best media turning into results session in sports history, whatever the hell they want to do. But I personally, I, I like Brady or I love Brady Kachuk. He's my favorite hockey player on this team. He's been outstanding for this community for him to kind of be a bit smug about that backing up being like, I know we're going to win is, is bold, man. It's bold. It's Pierre Dorian esque a little bit because they haven't done it yet. And 
I, I will admit it is early enough where they can make a comeback here where, I mean, they kind of almost did it last year anyway, and they were even further out of it, but it has to happen now. Now has got to be the time. They've got three games and four nights here against pretty good opponents. Um, it, it's, it's, it's go time here. And I'll gladly, again, like I'll eat my words if, if the slow start turns into a playoff appearance and we're just laughing about this start down the line, but it, it, you can, you can, you can forgive fans for not thinking that's going to happen with what we've seen the past few seasons. Well, I, I liked one comparison. So a lot of people have been comparing uh, Edmonton to Ottawa because Edmonton's on a terrible start this year. They're they're like something like two eight and two or something. Uh, like they're they're in an even worse position than Ottawa. But I liked what you said, and I saw your tweet, um, which was that they're not really comparable because Edmonton has proven to be a winner. Like they they've been winning over the last few seasons. They've made the playoffs. They've shown they can do it. They're just literally off to a bad start. So they kind of they get that bit. Of, like people should be frustrated with the Oilers if they're fans, but like they get that cushion a little bit where it's like we at least acknowledge that you guys have been good and like things have worked with this group right for Ottawa like they they haven't shown us really anything like I said their best season with this core and they are young sure but like their best season was what 39 35 and and like seven or something they haven't had 40 wins yet exactly so it's like you guys aren't like I, I know we don't like the entitled word but like you guys don't really have that kind of cushion that the Edmonton has because you haven't shown us you're actually those guys yet like this is supposed to be the year that you showed us that you guys can take the next step and really deal with the pressure and, and be mature about it all and so far like we haven't seen it and again adversity injuries sure you've got zoo back now like i mean you're gonna have injuries at every point in the season unless you're extremely lucky like boston last year and you just have everybody available like that doesn't happen you're gonna have injuries shabbat is out i'm sorry that's not an excuse to lose five games in a row like <laughs> you have to be able to deal with this stuff and have people step up and you know what if, if we're going to talk about it then, then maybe they're not deep enough and that goes on management and pierre's gone now so we can fall back on that i guess it just i am tired of excuses because we've used excuses and i agree with you i think last year in november it was fair to say they weren't getting the bounces to it obviously had a terrible slew of luck or his own finishing issues but like we can't just say that again this year. Like you, you, you run out of mulligans. Like you can't, I've seen someone say, can we just give them a mulligan this one time? And I'm like, where have you been? Like, have you been under a rock? Like we've given them 25,000 mulligans over the last 12 months. Like last year, the whole season was a mulligan the whole year at the end of the year. It was like, they barely missed the playoffs, but we said, well, they didn't really get the bounces at the start. They had a lot of injuries, but what are we saying this year? Apparently they haven't gotten the bounces and they have a lot of injuries. Like, is that just going to be what it is every single year? Because like, what are we even doing here? If that's the case, like I'm here so that the team can compete. Like I want to cover this team when they're competing. You know what I mean? Like this needs to be a contending roster. And I think the core is good enough. I will ask, like, at what point do you think the questions get asked about the core? That's another one. Like, obviously, we've talked a lot about DJ Smith. I think he'll probably be gone regardless in, in a matter of time. But um, the core, like if Drake Batherson continues to struggle, if I mean, Heck, even their top guys this year, I think, have struggled. Like Brady, I thought, had a really good game against Tampa. That was his one saving grace with those comments is he had a damn good game. Like, he, he was really good. But, like, I think Giroux has had kind of a rough year. I know the production's there, but he he's, hasn't been impactful enough. Stutzla has been probably the worst he's ever played in his career. And, and I loved him, but I think he's really struggled to start the year. He needs to be that game changer. Chikrin has been exceptional offensively he's really struggled in the d zone been a large part of their issues there um shabbat obviously is out he was kind of shaky up and down to start his year um just i think you need more out of the court norris has been good production wise he hasn't really been impactful though as a whole like he's kind of been quiet i just think you need more from the top guys and when we talk about injuries too just because we're going on this tangent down this rabbit hole um you know thomas shabbat being out should not affect like how drake batherson is is trying or how he's playing like you can 
blame the overall games on injuries, but like if we evaluate each player's individual performance, like Shabbat being out, Zoo being out, Branstrom being out, that does not directly influence how, you know, Batherson is losing a puck battle or Tim Stutzla is turning the puck over in the defensive zone because he's being too fancy and he's losing the but like these things are all separate. So you have to separate them. And that's my issue with them right now is that I think a lot of their top guys like it's not just the injuries and missing players; it's that they're individually struggling in areas where they shouldn't be, uh, and that's why I feel they need to own it. Like if you're going to struggle, fine, but you have to own it. You have to acknowledge it because you're not going to get better if you think you're playing well enough uh, at the rate that they are right now because they haven't been there, and, and yet they seem to think that they have. So I just think the message needs to change, and I think that that does start with the coaching change. But who knows if we're going to get that? We got to keep enduring this pain for now. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. And 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 that's kind of what we were talking about today. And like I wasn't saying we shouldn't talk about DJ because it, it's it's. It's, it's almost too obvious now, right? Especially after the Tampa game, like they need a new coach. And and I, I don't want to say that the players don't think that they can like playing for him. And maybe they're just going to bat because DJ might like, maybe Steos came in and said, nothing's happening. Like you guys, this is up to you for the foreseeable future because I'm in a position I didn't expect to be in like all that. And that's fine. And, I, and that very well could have happened, but we have, and I say we as fan bases, as, as people covering the team, as as a as a franchise in general, have invested so much into these players, into Brady, Timmy, Sanderson, Josh Norris, Shabbat, those five guys specifically, but other uh, you know pieces around it, Batherson, whoever. Like, if they're and I say all of them because if Brady and Giroux are coming out and saying that about the coach, that's that's a team thing. The captain says something, it goes. So that's that's the way it's going to be. If they're doing this for DJ and going out and and saying the fans booing is bullshit, then it's again like I mentioned, it's judgment day starting today for me. It's it's different. It's no longer oh these guys would be so good with another coach. Do do it now because you have gone out of your way multiple times now to defend DJ Smith for better or for worse, and you got to go win hockey games now. There's no excuse like like we said. There's no excuses adversity to me is subjective and i know brady used that a lot you don't turn your back when we're going through adversity you you want to talk about adversity before this guy was even here before he was even on an ottawa senator the owner of the team at an outdoor game went on not live but he went on in a media presser and said he might move the franchise we went through a six-year rebuild after that you you were the first draft pick out of it. You want to talk about turning your back on adversity? That's not turning your back. We stuck with this team for years. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, we're bordering Buffalo, that kind of playoff drought. Rebuilds don't take seven seasons. Players' primes are fewer than seven seasons. So when he said you don't turn your back when adversity happens, it's because we've seen much worse adversity. I'm not saying that I'm not giving you a pass because your sixth defenseman is out of the lineup and Eric Brandstrom. I'm not giving you a pass because Artem Zub's not there. He doesn't score goals. He's not on the ice every time, although the results are astonishingly different when Artem Zub's playing. But you get my point? Like the the we were beating the drum this this summer of Kachikrin and, and Sanderson and Shabbat. So if one of them falls, we're fine. We got two other ones to fill in. We were beating the drum of Matt and Paolo and JBD and uh, Tyler Clevin and Max Gannett, Lassie Thompson. The depth is there. There's no excuse in my opinion. I don't think anything, you know, a Pinto 41 game suspension, it doesn't matter. Ridley Gregg's a, a Calder candidate. Ridley Gregg gets hurt. Oh no, Roby Arventi had a fantastic uh, preseason. Winger goes down. Oh no, we got Yuri Schmeckow. This is a deep, deep team. So any injury, 
is not adversity to me. And I think everyone booing at the CTC that night and the nights before has every right to boo this team if they see a goddamn awful product on the ice, which is what we've seen the last five games. Yeah, and I know Matthew is in the chat here. He says, like, show it on the... We have to show them, like, by cheering and supporting them. But, like, we should make it clear that, like, the fans were cheering, too. It's not like they just booed them the whole game. Like, they, the, the crowd was very loud. There was a lot of go sense, go chance. Like, it was still very encouraging. Everybody's still behind them. It's just that at the end of the game, when when you failed for, like, the, the fifth time in six games, it's like, at some point here the fans have to have their say and how else do you kind of express that you're disappointed in them other than booing? Like, I mean, I'm sorry, but I think that if there is one way to turn yep. things around is by showing them that you're disappointed by doing that, because again, they're going to get complacent if you don't, if it's always quiet in there and there's no pressure, like frankly, I think playing in professional sports leagues. Oh my God. And Kevin just said that Zub's not playing tonight. Ah, <sighs> let's we're I'm silent. <laughs> that, Tommy, 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 uh, spoiler alert. Zoo is not playing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That is like, uh, that's a really big blow. But anyways, um, I think that, it yeah, shouldn't like, be, it shouldn't be. That's I know the it thing. it's be, like, but, and I know it is, but yeah. it shouldn't be. It's ridiculous. I know. I just, I posted the, the tweet today. I went through and like looked at the games you played and didn't play. And the team has literally been the worst defensive team in the league since Zub went out. Um, regardless, anyways, with, with Zub, without Zub, I think we, we can keep making excuses or we can just choose to actually, you know, um, take ownership and say that somebody has to step up. If Zub is out, that just means the forwards need to commit more defensively. How about that? Like that, that's where you have to adjust, right? And frankly, they don't commit defensively. So uh, anyways, what I was saying was that I think if you commit uh, or as fans, sorry, we need to show them and express that we are disappointed because I don't think the NHL players, especially young ones, should be comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they should be comfortable in, in the way that they're performing. They should feel uncomfortable. They should be getting out of their box. It just seems like whenever this team gets uncomfortable, they start to crumble. Uh, and, and like we said earlier, that's what Brady literally explicitly told us uh, last season. So I think that they should feel the pressure because that's where they are. Is like if you don't succeed this year, next year, like somebody's going to get moved. Players are going to get moved. Changes are going to happen, not just off the ice, but on the ice too. Uh, so yeah, I think the pressure needs to be turned up. Um, and, and yeah, judgment day is coming because the coach and GM can go, but if the team continues to underperform after that, I mean, it's the players. And I think that the players going to bat for Smith, it just means that they have to take accountability now. Like if you lose tonight, you lose tomorrow night or, you know, whatever happens and you don't play well. Well, you just said that you guys were playing for Smith and that you guys were, were basically stepping up and taking the flack. So you're going to keep getting the flack now because you've taken that that step. So I don't know. I mean, we can we can kind of move off this whole quote thing unless you've got anything else and talk about the game a little bit. But we can. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just frustrating it's just, overall. You said, you said, what other way is there than booing to show you're not happy with what you're seeing? It's not showing up. And yeah. that's what I, I go back to saying, like, Brady's seen half full buildings, so he knows what it's like to be amongst an apathetic fan base. Like, he, he almost got booed on draft day, right? Like, he's seen the, the dark days of this franchise, even being so young and only being here for so long, that he should know booing is good. Booing means they're not happy with what they're seeing. What, like, what do you expect them to do? And I understand the sentiment, like we should be cheering and what, whatever, but like we are and people being there are, I was at the first two games this season. It was a great atmosphere. It was a sold out building both times. So that, that I, I agree. We, we can leave it at that. I think it was good for both of us to talk about. We hadn't been on yet to talk about the quotes and everything. I'm really curious to see how they come out tonight because the start is, is, is key. I think it's gonna be a great hockey game. Um, watch the Leafs against the lightning on Monday was loving that they were down four one after one didn't love um, after that, obviously because it's the Leafs. but yeah, it's, it's uh, 
it's going to be a good one. This is a measuring stick game. Would have been either way if the Sens were 10 and 0, if the Sens are 0 and 10. It's always a measuring stick. Battle of Ontario. We mentioned expectations. This is the time that you got to start going up against teams that have been the best in your division, which the Leafs have been, and showing that you can compete with them and be in the same conversation. So tonight will go a long way for the Ottawa Senators if they can manage to pull out a win, a regulation win. They've done it before in Toronto, matched up pretty well against the Leafs, even throughout the rebuild. So what are you expecting tonight? It's obviously some big stars on the Leafs. You got to uh, keep a hold and keep um, uh, in bay and at check, I guess. At bay, in check. That's what I meant. Uh, I don't know who's starting. Is it Corpusalo probably? Corpusalo's starting. I can I can quickly okay. read the lines. So Forsberg, so, Forsberg doesn't get starts. Yeah, he, he's officially the backup. Tomorrow, I guess, but... Yeah, so yeah, they're going back to the Kachuk Norris Batherson line. Um, I, I mean, I like that. I don't even know what to do with the lines at this point. Like, you've got Stutzla, Joseph, and Giroux, but then the third line is Kubalik, Sharche, and Tarasenko. So I think Tarasenko has been one of their best players, and we're putting him with the guy who has, like, I don't even know. I don't, I'm not even going to mince words. Like, he has zero offensive ability. I think he would even tell you that himself at this point. Like, he, he, Sharche obviously is just a defensive fourth line center, but uh, I, I don't even know what the lines like. I don't want to be mad at the lines because you just need to do something here. Like, they're one in five in their last six games. Just do whatever, try whatever, see what happens. Um, but again, you've got Sharche, Kubalik, and Tarasenko, and then Kelly, Arventi, and McEwen. Defense is going to look the same. So it's Sanderson, Hamanek which is really tough. Uh, Chikrin and JBD, and then Clevin and Matt and Paulo, um, which has not been working very well for them as a whole group of six. But hey, it could change at any point. Uh, the Leafs, for what it's worth, so Joseph Wool is starting, but they're going to be without Jake McCabe, Timothy Liljegren, and Connor Timmins tonight. So they, I mean, Timmins hasn't played anyway, but McCabe is a pretty big loss for them. They're also missing a couple of their regulars on defense. So it does balance out a little bit. Um, Honestly, tonight, yeah, it's it's a hard matchup. Like, especially without Zub, you're in Toronto against a high-powered team. Like, DJ said it, the special teams is going to be kind of a, a scary spot. Really, Ottawa should be expected to lose this game, but they just can't afford to. Like, like they have... Toronto has pretty much all of the matchups on paper, but Ottawa just can't afford to lose this game because then you drop to four and seven, um, first half of a back-to-back. Like, so technically they'll be at a disadvantage tomorrow because they, they would have just played unless Vancouver plays tonight as well, which I don't think they do. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is just a game where you can't lose because things are going to quickly start to spiral. They already have started to spiral, but I think if you drop to four and seven, you go into a back-to-back against a burning hot Vancouver team tomorrow, like you're one step away from four and eight. And like, I don't know at what point we actually call the season off and say like they're not coming back. But listen, last year, going into December last year, they were 8, 13, and 1. Five games, six games below 500 technically. And they never came back. Like they they ended up being 39 and 35, but they never recovered. They were just battling like uphill all season long. Um, And that's how quickly things happen. And I'm going to say what I said last time again, because you liked it. You liked my quote, which is that you're guaranteed to play 82 games, but not 82 meaningful games. And I think that like, we're already at the point of the season being in jeopardy. Uh, I think that was part of the title of this. Uh, and, and that's kind of how I feel is like, if we go down to four and seven, we're, we're one step away from the season. Kind of like we're looking at draft picks almost, which is really disappointing. Um, and, and I know people will still say it's early. I just don't think it really is early because right now, based on the last six games, it does not look like things are changing. So unless the Sens can come out and dig deep, like I, I feel like, so, okay, let's, let's back up. I posted a poll today. Uh, and I said, what is the key for Ottawa to turn the season around and make the playoffs? So it's got about 1,300 votes right now. Yeah, 13, 13 17 votes. Um, 
And number one is coaching change at 43%. Number two is accountability at 27.7%. Number three is staying healthy at 22.7%. And number four is getting the bounces at 6%, which was just people messing with me because I said not to pick that one. A bunch of Toronto fans. So coaching change is at the top. I don't know if that's going to happen, but accountability is an interesting one. I really do think that if this core, regardless of who's missing, if these guys can just dig deep and recognize that they have to do better, they have to commit, like, I think they can win games. I think that Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux, Tim Stutzla, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris, if these guys can just look in the mirror and see that they haven't been as committed as they should be, especially defensively, like, if they can just recognize that when you're missing players it just means you have to play a little bit harder in your own end you're missing defensemen great you still have players on the ice just commit harder right like just don't cheat up the ice like you have been like it's these little things they have to start doing uh, and i do think they can win i just think that tonight's going to be a really unfortunately difficult matchup in toronto um but i said it earlier too i mean I think if there was one way to get people back on the hype train, it's by beating Toronto in Toronto. Like that would be one way to really kind of turn the vibes around uh, for everybody here. And one game is one game, but listen, this is battle of Ontario. This is Toronto. This is a rivalry that goes back to the beginning of the franchise. Like if you can beat them on their ice after this big losing skid, that's going to show people that they should still believe in you. When you go back to home ice, you'll probably get the cheers. You're going to feel a lot better, but it's a big game tonight. And and frankly, if they lose, yeah, I, I do feel we're one step away from kind of being a wash here this season. Yeah, um, that's why I'm calling it Judgment Day. I don't know why I'm so happy about that that title, I guess, for this this new like vision that I'm having. It's just like if they're defending DJ, we know a coaching change isn't imminent because it would have happened already. Then let's see what this guy these this core is about. And and in a way, maybe maybe Steve Steos and Michael Anlauer are thinking the same thing. And again, they have to have a huge Anlauer especially, but Steos as president need to have like a a big picture view and what better way to find out what your core is actually made of. Like it's been, I'm sure Dorian was doing it too. And and we, every fan was right. Like how exciting it is having this core locked up, blah, blah, blah. Like they're, they're special. They're growing. They're young. They're going to be awesome together long-term. This is a great, great test. I really do. And that maybe that's a positive spin on it, but after what Brady said, after what the leader said, the fan favorite player said on Saturday, about the fans and their reaction. This is this is the most important game of Brady Kachuk's career tonight in Toronto. And that's not even an exaggeration. I don't think anyone can argue that with me. It might not be the best one he's going to play, but it's the most important one from before puck drop. This is the most important game Brady Kachuk is going to play uh, or has played to this day because of him going out on a limb and saying that and backing it up pretty much. Um, so now he's got to do it on the ice. And I'm not even going to talk about just Brady. It's the whole team because he's put it on himself when they've started poorly before in the past. And if they don't all come out guns a blazing in the first period, I'll, I'll have my opinion because maybe Corpus Allo comes and stands on his head again, like he did in Pittsburgh. But if the Leafs dominate the first period, then we're in the same spot again. And that, that, that'll be um, the way I see it. So uh, I don't know if we have anything else. Like, did you want to get into uh I don't, want, I don't know if I want to talk about Patrick Wall yet. Like maybe save that for an episode. Like, no, that, we're probably good. I mean, we got 10 minutes yeah. here and yeah, I think we kind of hit on everything. If, <laughs> if it wasn't debunked, we would probably talk about Patrick Wall, but it's, I don't know what the hell is happening. I don't know where this guy is. Maybe he's still in Quebec. Maybe he was just here interviewing to be a GM. I don't know. Maybe he'll be watching the game from a Canada restaurant. So maybe people can go check that out, see if he's out there. But um, for anyone who missed that, there was a rumor on RDS the other day, a French analyst who covers the Sens was talking about how Patrick Waugh was in Canada um, on Tuesday, I think was spotted at a restaurant there or something. 
Then it got debunked by another French one. So a lot of translation on X going on. Um, I also didn't mention at the top of the show, but we are also live on Twitter right now or on X. And I realized I tried to, before we went live, it was just checking and before we turn our cameras on, just checking to see if you could comment if you were watching on X and you can't unless you have Twitter blue. So unfortunately, if people were trying, I apologize. We also are live on YouTube, which if you're watching on YouTube and even if you're not, go like and subscribe, like this video, subscribe to it. We go live a lot. We've been doing a lot more this year and I think it's better for everyone involved, gets engagement from uh, the people in the, in the chat and everything like that, gets more energy from us, go right to puck drop here. So um, that's going to do it. For a pregame live stream edition, Battle of Ontario coming up. It should be a really good game. So hopefully that's all we get. I would not like to turn my TV off in the second period. Um, so thanks everyone for joining us. We will see you all next time. And let's get a go sends go. Let's get some positivity, even though we were absolutely negative this whole time. Rightfully so, but still. Uh, so get some go sends go going. Thank you everyone for joining. We will see you all next time. Go sends go.